Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. It is day three of the Australian Open. And it has been so eventful, I do not know where to start other than to say, welcome back, Catherine Whitaker, <laughs> fully recovered. Thank you, David. Yes, thanks for declaring to the world once again that I was ill. I'm going to get a reputation as a hypochondriac. Don't eat the pork belly in the press room, ah. is, is my advice to, right. uh, to anyone listening. I shall remember that, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, at the moment, we come to you from the Eurosport green room. This is where all the talent hangs out, isn't it? This is where all the big names uh, are lounging around on sofas as we speak, uh, just chatting amongst themselves. Watching as we speak, in fact, Grigor Dimitrov who's up against uh, a guy I have to say I'd never heard of in my whole life, and I'm quite embarrassed to say it, Mackenzie McDonald. Although, given the way things are going, I think that we might be he- hearing a bit more about him, because he's, he's won the first set and he's won set all. Do you know what? I had heard of him, and the only reason I'd heard of him is because our mate Wayne Ferreira has a part in coaching him and I remember him talking about him a few years ago I remember him mentioning that he was working with a uh, he was a junior at that stage Mackenzie McDonough I think he's 22 now so that would have been well at least four years ago he's mentioned him a couple of times since then but I I had to say I hadn't realised that they were still working together but there he is as we speak sat in Mackenzie's box and uh, his lad's doing a a fine old job at the moment he is no he's playing very well and (laughs) have to say this uh, we we don't know how this will end will end up in the end but this is kind of what Dimitrov has looked like for the past couple of weeks in in Brisbane a lot of double faults a lot of errant shots and not not that convincing to be honest no it's not the guy that won the O2 and it's not the guy that reached the semi-final here last year it's, it's also not Dimitrov anywhere near his worst I'm not sort of desperately worried for him but you're right there is there's a couple of percent missing isn't there if if not a few more than that on uh, on the on the Dimitrov that that gives us the the great hopes of what he might do Um, I don't know but but Mats Volander's been in commentary uh, on this for us on Eurosport and he's been 
saying that Mackenzie McDonald is a perfect illustration of what winning at any level can do for a person because he's been out there applying his trade on the futures and the challenges and he qualified here, but Ilias Immer, the, the young Swede in the opening round and just winning matches, re- yeah. regardless of who the opponent is, just gives you a feeling. I mean, winning winning is a habit, isn't yeah. it? And, and he's in that habit and he's, okay, Dimitrov won that second set 6-2, but he's still in a tussle here I yes, would say yes he is winning is a habit I'll tell you somebody who used to do a lot of winning do you remember that Alex Karetscher bloke he, he was quite good wasn't he uh, and, and he's, lo- he's just looking at us over now oh, uh, he's very happy if you say something good it's fine if I, I've just got to say something good that's all I've got to do uh, and then it's fine uh, what I want to do one day is get that Alex Karetscher together, together with that Pete Sampras and talk about 1996 at the US Open You're don't you, now, you yeah <laughs> Come sit over here for a second, Galax, and tell us all about uh, the day that you played it's Pete Sampras. Be a David Law, and, Alex Kretsch, uh, a reminiscent and, package. And, 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 uh, and Pete Sampras was, was, was being sick, wasn't he, on, on the court whilst you were playing at the US Open. Do you remember those days? Hello, everyone. Well, he wasn't sick. I made him sick. That's you, made, you made him sick. Yeah, because, you know, we spent like four and a half hours on the court. It was very, uh, very hot, very warm. And he got dehydrated a little bit, and but he still beat me. That's where it's the a shame, you know. It's not what people remember, Alex. Evidently, uh, you know what? They keep remind me about that match, like <laughs> since then, and that was '96. And I'm still gonna go to New York. Some people just see me walking around in the, you know, the National Center, and they're like, "Are you Alex Kretschmer?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes." Oh, I remember you. <laughs> Magic and Sampras and I said oh yeah it was good huh? and he's like yeah it was amazing I said yeah for him <laughs> not for me John McEnroe gets that about the 1980 tiebreaker course yeah all, every, all anyone remembers is that he won that tiebreak but he lost yeah, the match yeah that he aced me at 7-0 and that, that <laughs> I double faulted to end the match that's pretty much what people remember too um, on a happier note you've just interviewed Nick Kyrgios haven't you Alex yes after, I was very surprised he took he, very easy care of Victor Troy. No, he didn't take very easy care of. I did, did you see, how much in the match did you see, uh, Alex? Did you watch not, all of it? Not much. I commentated no. on that match. Let me just tell you, he won through in straight sets. Um, what was it? Seven five six four seven six. Yes. It was two hours and twelve minutes. I have never felt as stressed watching a match of two hours and twelve minutes in my life. <laughs> he, he makes he made the whole thing feel like the biggest ordeal you've ever seen in your life. He was complaining throughout the whole match because the speaker system for James Kiyothavong, the umpire, wasn't working and Kiyothavong was having to shout the scores and Kyrgios just could not handle this. He just kept saying, when are you going to get this thing fixed? I've been asking for an hour and a half for you to get this speaker system fixed. Everything was winding him up. I think the fact he was playing an opponent who he thought he should be beating quite comfortably and he wasn't was winding him up. And a bloke who he had called a journeyman. In, had he? In, oh dear! You told me that. I did read that quote. Whether where when it when no, he said listen that, to I'm me, sure. he said also about the helicopter. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a helicopter, yeah, a big yeah. red helicopter, just hovered over the high sense arena. I mean, it was it was quite scary. Yeah, I did the, think, oh my, crikey! Probably a Nick Kyrgios fan. Just I thought trying. either somebody's trying to find a new way to watch the match, or they've landed <laughs> and we're about to get no, visited but he, you know by what? He aliens. Was super nice to me. Was he? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know him personally. 
and uh, asked him a few questions and he was very uh, I don't know but it was good he was uh, very good well we were talking about the fact yeah. that you were going to do that interview what, during the, the second set yes. of that match and I said he's been on good form this yes. tournament and you were sceptical but no but I he said well I don't think uh, he doesn't even know me you know so which it, sometimes it helps you know but he was great and he knows he's, he's, everybody knows Alex Correct. no no <laughs> My mom, for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, but he was good, and he told me about that thing. He said about the speakers. He, t- he said about the helicopter. Because I said to him, how do you control the emotions? Because the, the people get very loud when you play here. How do you avoid that? Or how do you just get apart? And he said, like, oh, you know, it's very interesting. And I was the helicopter. And so he mentioned it. So he got through. I said, maybe experience it helps, no? Yeah, I, th- I think that does help. And I'll tell you what else I think will help is the fact that he's playing Joe Wilfred Songer next because he always seems to play his best tennis against the best players. Uh, d- how did you find that? I mean, d- you know, did you feel like mm. you were a better player if you were playing against better players? Well, it depends. Uh, when I felt like I had the control, I like it better than if I play the best players in depends which surfaces. You know, when you need to face Sampras indoors or Agassi on hardcourts or so, or Querten on clay or Muster, I didn't feel that happy. You know, I felt happier when I have to play different opponents. So, but it, it, it's also depending on the moment and on the tournament as well. I tell you what, though, Songa, after coming back from 5-2 down in the fifth against Shapovalov, he was pumped and if he can find a way to be that pumped against Kyrgios which is going to be difficult with the whole crowd against him he feeds off a crowd as much as Kyrgios does but if he can find a way to be that pumped that's going to be do they have like a a similar game in a way could say yeah Songer and Kyrgios I don't know they both serve like massive serves and like nice forehands backhands and maybe uh, Kyrgios backhand is better I would say here's a question for you we know that Kyrgios no matter what the match no matter what the stage always asks to play on high sense arena Will Craig Tiley and the tournament organisers be able to resist putting that on a bigger court? I think this time it has to go on the Rod Laver Arena. Yeah, what like a think? night session match. I mean, yeah. of course, but we know that Kyrgios will ask. Yeah. He will ask for it to be on high sense. I think he just has to lump it this time. Yeah, but at the end he needs to play on Rod Laver, you know, at some yeah. point he, if he, want, he wants to win the tournament. So I understand the high sense, maybe it creates like a bigger atmosphere. And I'll tell you something that Mats Verlander just pointed out in uh, commentary as they showed the match point of Kyrgios, which is, you know, potentially not that interesting depending on how much you like statistics. But Kyrgios is the 17th seed. Who was 17th seed last year, Alex? Well, was it Roger Federer? It was. Yeah, but I mean, what's the... I mean, that's (laughs) just a number, huh? (laughs) Tell that to Mats. Yeah, okay. It's Mats's statistic. Alex just dashing Mats's <laughs> yeah, statistic. Yeah. No, it's the just... The look uh, you just gave th- me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think of Denis Shapovalov? Have you seen much I of him? I love him. Do you? I mean, he flies on the court. He just uh, is jumping all over the place. He hits winners so easy. I mean, the ball, it goes so fast out of his racket for him from the backhand side from the serve second serve as well he just played amazing game I think today it must be like very tough for him but it's going to be a big and nice experience for him for the future and you know in a way sometimes it's good that you had this kind of um, moments where you in a way you fail when you think you're going to win because it helps a lot for the future so Why? you never know well because sometimes, you know, uh, you need to go step by step, you know. And these guys, it seems like they go like 100 steps ahead from the others. So sometimes when they 
hit you on the face and you don't expect that maybe you go back home and say like okay I still have lots of things to, to work on and I need some more experience so I think it can help him honestly is there, is there also an element of hunger because Kyle Edmund going into the fifth set against Kevin Anderson the other day having lost to him in a fifth set in Paris he said that he sat down at the end of the fourth set and just decided I'm I can't yet. let that happen yeah, to me yeah, again exactly. you know Denis Shapovalov right now is thinking about all the ways he can make sure that he never loses from 5-2 up in the fifth again, isn't he? Yeah, maybe when he was up 5-2, he felt like, okay, I'm playing so good, I'm done, this is it. And, you know, for the next time, for sure, till he doesn't shake hands, he's not going to think that way. Maybe it didn't happen, but I, I felt like at 5-3, he didn't play that well. He rushed a bit, he double fought a little bit, and he missed a few shots. And then Joe, he just used his experience. So it was very good performance for him, because actually, Chapovalov's game, it hurts a lot, uh, Songa's game. And still he get through, he lost to him at the US Open last year, so it was very, very like a hard task for him. Someone else that lost from five well, five one forty fifteen yeah, yeah. in the third today. Yana Fett. Fett. Yes, to Caroline Wozniacki. And I actually I would prefer to turn that on its head and say that Caroline Wozniacki won from fifteen forty one five down. Because I agree. I was just doing a segue, no. David. I was right. doing a lovely radio segue. All right. Okay. See, I honestly, you know, it was ever so quiet yesterday when you weren't on this podcast. I had a lovely time with Jill Craybass and all the other people that I spoke to, Simon Briggs, and now I've got Alex over, who's nice and friendly and cuddly, and I've got Catherine Whittaker giving me in the neck. Anyway, um, Caroline Wozniacki is one of the game's warriors, isn't she? Yes. You, you cannot write her off until you've literally just won well, the match Well, she showed it time. again today. I mean, you know what? I was watching the end of the match because I was going to call Rafa's match afterwards and I was in my cabin booth already and I felt like Fed was rushing a little bit when she had match points. She wanted to go like for a big serve, like, okay, I wanted to finish the match with a serve. I don't want the ball to come back again. And as soon as Vosniaki played solid, she was very, like, she knew that she could came back, you know. She was aggressive on the first match point, then the second one she was solid. And as soon as she got the break, uh, you can see, you can feel like Fed was like, oof, maybe I lost my, my chance already. And Vosniaki, again, a lot of experience. She was number one. She's just won the Masters a few months ago. So a lot of credit for her because, I mean, she's planning to be number one again, maybe to win the tournament. So big fighter, yes. David's got her in his final lineup. He's predicted she'll reach the final. Who? You have, haven't you? No. no. I, I predicted Yulia Gerges would reach the final. Oh. She's just lost, everybody. Well, but that's a very risk uh, call, I would say. <laughs> in a way, to be bold. I was trying to be, you know. No, what, what I mean is, like, it, it says a lot good things about you. Cause oh, does it? Not today, it doesn't. No, but I mean, yes. It, usually people go, like, you know, uh, Garbine, Muguruza, like or Vinu. So when you risk with some, some people, like, if I would have said Shapovalov, I also said this is one of the guys I want to see this tournament, see how he goes. Him, Dimitrov, and Zverev, you know, because it's important to see how he can uh, improve as he showed last summer you know can he keep on going like this I said from what I saw yes but it's a it's a tough loss for him it is a, a very tough loss Yulia Gerges tough loss for her as well she lost to Elise Corner. I didn't see the match but that's a that's a crushing blow for her when she's on a 14 match winning straight, streak straight sets I think as well I mean look, Elise Corner can be 
can be tricky and we are sharing a room with, with some French Eurosport rep well we were a minute ago sharing a room with some French Eurosport representatives so I should uh, I should I should not um, uh, be, be, bemoan that result at all only on your behalf of course David but that that's a that's a bit of a shocker for Yulia Gerges, I think. Alina Svitolina was another one who was a set down today. Alex, tell us, you play the tour, you win tournaments, you're on a great run of form. Is it different at Grand Slams? Obviously, it's best of five for the men. But do you find that you're playing against players who just raise their level when they're against you at the Slams compared to tour events? Y- yes, but I have to say, I mean, uh, I believe it's especially different from men because we play best of five is a big difference I don't think why it should be that different for women because at the end they play best of three they're much used to about that might be more the pressure you know but uh, at the same time you feel like when you play best of five yet if you're better than the opponent you have much more time to recover and even if you're down like one set or two sets or two sets to one you know sometimes you see that they play over the game and you feel like okay it's fine he's beating me but at the end I feel like I'm gonna beat him which when you play on the tour you just lost one set and you are down a break and you feel like under pressure so in the slams you have much more time and you you, you know what I, I was thinking like at the French Open I was starting the matches and I was always thinking like I'm gonna start very slow and very relaxed because physically I feel like I'm very strong mentally I'm strong so there is no rush I have four hours in front of me if he's ready for that fine if not he's gonna just go down for sure <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mackenzie McDonald's just going to break up in the third. Uh, and actually, Wayne Ferreira is in the, the player box, I saw. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a question for you, Alex, but I've forgotten. I was distracted by the work of Mackenzie McDonald. Have you seen this 15-year-old, Marta Kostuk? Marta Kostuk. Kostuk. Yeah. She won the juniors last year at 14. She's not even 16 till June. Yes. And she, and, she, and she didn't even get a wild card. She qualified here. She's on an 11-match winning streak. The Australian she Open. got a wild card for qualis. Quali's wild card, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she qualified one, and there's now around two rounds. I mean, fifteen, fifteen. Oh yeah. dear, dear. I mean, that's, I mean, that's young, isn't it? How long ago? That's like when does that fifty years born? ago for us? So she, she's born in two thousand two. Yeah, on June. Yeah, as you said, yeah. it's not like from January. I mean, Alex was still playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that while ago. I uh, know. My question, Alex. I've remembered it. Is going to oh. be. The forecast for tomorrow is 38 degrees oh. and for Friday is 40 degrees. And you can probably add 5 to 10 degrees on top of that for, for court temperature. And every player that I've spoken to and, and sort of posed the question to about the, the heat wave has said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's why we do our off-season training. You know, same for the opponent, all of that. But really, in reality, that is going to sort... I mean, I hate the phrase men from the boys, but it, it really is... That's going to do for some people isn't it I mean that's serious yeah yes how do you, you cope how do you cope in that sort of temperature well at the end it's true that you've been working hard especially off season just to be ready for this kind of situations of course you don't work at 38 degrees never and especially if you're from Europe because you have very cold weather in winter time but at the same time you feel like okay you just go out there and you know it's going to be like a battle and whoever is harder and stronger is going to win maybe it's not that important to play very good tennis but you need to play very solid I would say in the outside courts it is uh, faster conditions the courts are very small and they go very fast 
but the uh, other course like show course you know are bigger and they're going to be more rallies so they're going to they need to be prepared for a long long match and that's tough you need to get a cold towel every changeover you need to drink a lot of fluids you need to keep on eating so it's tough do you think the heat? Did you see much of Belinda Bencic's match today? She lost to no, Luxika Kunkum. No, I know she lost one like six, one, six, three, Do you yeah. think? I think David, you watched some. Do you think the heat was getting to her today? I would have thought so, because that was quite an alarming loss. I didn't see all of it, but uh, yeah, I mean, her opponent played well. I saw some of the end of it, but uh, you can hear in the words of Alina Svitolini, she said, "I felt like I was melting out there." You know, it's. It's not for everybody. It makes, I, I walked here today and, and I, I came out of my apartment and I thought, oh, this is nice, lovely blue sky. By the time I'd walked 10 minutes, I was like, oh. This is I, not that nice. I, I could do it going inside now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to, yeah, tomorrow's going to be even tougher. But Svitolina, uh, she's a very tough opponent. Huh? I mean, if she is worried about like, the heat, I think the opponent should be more worried because to win a point against her... She runs, her backhand is deep, and she's got a great mentality. I think it's one of the toughest girls to beat, I guess. Who's going to win the title, men and women? We have no idea. No, but we we don't care whether we got an idea. We've just got to say Yeah, I mean, you just throw up a name and she lost today, so where are we going to do the same? Yeah, (laughs) I'm always wrong. Benchich, at least in a semi final, I might even have had her in my final. I thought she could win it. I really did think Benchich could win it. Yeah, I think from the women's side, it's a little bit very open. It's a little bit more unpredictable. How Men's many, side, how I many think names do you think there are on the women's side? Because, I mean, Michael Joyce, Joe Contest coach, said he thought at the start of the tournament there were 25 women that could win it. How many, 25. based on what you've seen wow. so far, how many names would you put out there that have a genuine chance of winning it, would you say? Five, oh, uh, ten? Yeah, I would really need to count that, but maybe between eight or ten for sure. Yeah. Maybe on the men's side, it's... You know, I, I felt like Rafa made like a big statement today. He showed that he's he's ready, that he's playing very well, very aggressive. I mean, the level of game they played it was very amazing, in my opinion, because Meyer played very good tennis, and I think for him mentally it was very well needed. Uh, he needed to play this match to to feel like okay, I'm ready, I'm I'm here, I'm uh, I start the season already. You know, because he hasn't played and. He needed this match, and in my opinion, after this match, Rafa is going to think like, "Okay, I'm here. Watch out because I'm ready to win." Yeah, he looked like a ravenous animal today. <laughs> he, I mean, it was fearsome. I mean, Leo Meyer was massive well, credit to him. Yeah, especially in that third set, Rafa served for it. You know, yeah. he could have just been mentally packing his bags, and he really stuck at it. Good on him. Yes, indeed. So we're, we're, we're struggling to get a, a uh, prediction out of Alex, uh, but I think we've got a Nadal for the title there, don't you? So, sort of. He's smiling. He's smiling. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's looking at me as if you're in trouble after this. <laughs> you know, I, I go Rafa or Roger. I'm classic for that. Uh, but I'm, am I going to be surprised if Dimitrov or Zverev or... I don't know. I, uh, we always need to give them credit. But I feel like Rafa and Roger, they're a uh, step ahead of the others right now. Just before we look at uh, very quickly at the order of play, and before I go back to commentate on what is going to be the fourth, can set I just of this watch match? a little bit because I need to do interview to Dimitrov, and I haven't watched any. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. Let, let's we, let's we say made Alex sit with his back to the match. I'll <laughs> tell you what, supposed to be watching. Let's let's just say a very dramatic thank you 
and goodbye to Alex Koreshi because it's been an absolute pleasure to have you unannounced you. on the tennis pleasure podcast. For me. That's Hi the kind everyone. of guy we're dealing with here, folks. <laughs> From Eurosport, Mr. Alex Koreshi, French Open finalist, former world number two, and all round great guy. Huh? Thank you. Oh, always liked Alex Koreshi. And he's just uh, sitting there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Over there. So... <laughs> Uh, the, the order of play tomorrow, Catherine, sees... I mean, it, we get off to a bang here. Maria Sharapova against Anastasia Sivastova. That is a heck of a match on yeah, the Yeah, re- replay of the fourth rounder at the uh, US Open, of course, won by Sivastova. And, of course, at the same time, Joe Contra will be playing on show court two for, for, yeah. all, for all those British listeners. Not all British, but... Show you know, court for, two, for, oh, yeah. Feel to, to point that out. So, yes, which will be, if uh, if what Alex is saying is, is right, and I've no reason to doubt it whatsoever, that's, that's I'm not a, a heat-wise, a bit of a bum draw for Joe Conta, although she says she loves playing in the heat. I, th- I think that's not bad, you know. 11 o'clock, it won't be quite as hot no, as it will later true. in the afternoon, will it? Um, so you'll have that live on Eurosport? We will have that live on Eurosport from midnight UK time, and then yeah. we'll have uh, Sharapova Sevastova on Eurosport too, so... Yeah. All bases covered. I mean, not you know, all not, not the Dominic team base covered, but Eurosport actually, yes, player. the Eurosport player. As many as you want, can't you? Uh, and uh, it'll also be on Five Live Sports Extra, I believe, uh, the content match. Um, just, to, I want to have a little, a little bit of a rant here about <laughs> Novak Djokovic against Gael Monfils being scheduled in the afternoon. 
Why is that not a nighttime match? Why is Roger Federer against Jan Leonard Struff the primetime night session match? I'd I also argue with Ash Barty versus. Uh, Camilla Georgie being the Rod Laver Arena night session match over Halep versus Bouchard. But uh, I'm not defending them. I, I have the same issue. But I believe American TV, which is ESPN, which is a broadcaster we know holds a lot of clout, I believe that the third day session match is the US primetime slot. Mm. That's a bigger deal for them than than the night okay. sessions. So, I mean, for us covering it from a UK or Europe perspective, it's an absolute bummer because day session matches, unless you are the ultimate tennis nerd and set your alarm for four or five o'clock in the morning, as I used to as a kid, yep. it's it's not great, particularly on a weekday, is it? But uh, yeah, that that is my own. That's the only light I can shed on the situation. There. Yeah, I mean. Uh, we, we always try to work out, don't we, who has precedent? Is it the Australian TV? Is it American TV? Is it the Australian crowd? What, what do you go with? And the other element of it is fairness. You know, it's going to be 38 degrees tomorrow. Roger Federer is going to be playing this night, night, nice uh, little cool night session match while Novak Djokovic and Gael Monfils are just frying. Well, that uh, that was a big factor last year, wasn't it? That Fed- did Federer play a single day session last I think year? He played one, is what I what I heard a stat today. But you know, be not interesting many. to see if he's met. Yes, I think didn't he play as Misha Zverev, his uh, yes. quarter final against Misha right. Zverev during yeah. the day? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, depending on how far he gets, if and when he is scheduled to play during the day. I mean, we know he won't be scheduled anywhere but RLA, but the yeah. timing. Just TBC. A couple of other little matches to draw attention to. Little Samara, Kerber well, against Vekic. Love well, that's that. That's quite good, isn't it? Second on Margaret Court Arena, that one. Uh, we've got Simona Halep against Eugenie Bouchard, who actually won a match. Uh, in the pre- I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying no, to be no, it, that's where we're at with her now. But she, she is somebody it. that some inexplicably and frustratingly uh, does. She will probably bring her best for that match yes. and will probably celebrate her momentarily and then she'll disappoint us again if yeah. the last few years have been anything to go by but form books aside I expect that match as a one-off to be really good High Sense Arena how about this one Karen Hatchinov against Juan Martin Del Potro wouldn't want to be a tennis ball in that one um, so yeah there are loads of good matches uh, the order of play of course out there on the Australian Open website anything else you want to add before we sign off Catherine? Um, Stan Vavrinka's playing a guy called Tennis. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I know who he is. What, what's Tennis Sangren. He was supposed yes. to play Andy Murray in the first round in the US Open. Ah, claim uh, to fame. And, uh, but, of course, Andy Murray pulled out. Yeah, that's right, of course. Well, it's lovely to see you back to fully full fitness. Thank you very much. You know yeah. that Alex Koretsha? Do you know I saw him beat Roger Federer? <laughs> He's punching the air. I saw him beat him, I think, a couple of times, actually. He's nodding his head. Three times. <laughs> Three times winning record against Roger Federer. I won't look out how many Federer won. I think it's, I think it's a winning record for Alex Correa. Yeah, he says yes. He's nodding. So there we He's are. He's nodding. Um, so it's been an absolute delight having Alex on the tennis podcast, of course. Uh, we are brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, for whom... Uh, they have the rights for this tournament and you get to watch all the action on Eurosport yeah. don't you you get to watch Catherine Whitaker all that it's fantastic <laughs> um, and uh, we're also uh, of course sponsored by La Manga Club uh, where Catherine learned how to hit a forehand well, um, well improved my already acceptable forehand I haven't actually sampled it yet did you know that Jill Krabass Tur- is now my turbo-charged coach turbocharged my 
already great forehand. Jill, Jill Krabus is now my coach. Good luck to her. She's going to prep me next week for our match. Um, and we are, of course, uh, backed by Triple S, our executive producer, and Melanie Bowes, and TennisBalls.com, and, of course, Charlie the Ferret. He's Who's here. Well, no, the ferret isn't here, but yeah. Charlie's, Charlie's mum's, here. mum's here. Yeah, she's been posing for f- pictures in the Tennis Podcast T-shirt because that is how you should attend the Australian Open. That should be the official garb for the tournament. Catherine Whitaker and myself, David Law, are here at, uh, <laughs> in inside the, the Eurosport uh, uh, green room and we will say goodnight for now and we'll be back tomorrow. 